This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamlet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw but also SmackDown, NXT, but oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a very good quiz. Of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet, Michael Sidgwick, enjoying a well-earned two weeks off. But we are here tonight to talk about Monday Night Raw and the first Raw of the Triple H era. How yeah. was it for you? An um, auspicious start to life, I suppose, at the top of the creative tree. We did say yesterday on the preview. We tried to. Um, measure and temper people's expectations about how there have been three head of creatives in four days within WWE. And um, yes, Vincent Mann would be known to tear the scripts up hours before showtime, but that fundamental, like, basic script probably had been created Mm. long before all of these changes, if not the majority of them. So this role was pretty much as I expected. I think it would be foolish of people to be judging Triple H's era, as we're already seeming to be calling it, based on one role, like six months is going to be a worthwhile health check. The road to WrestleMania, I think, will be an absolutely fascinating one. Um, But there were a couple of, a couple of, like, small in the moment tells that, to me, were a a reflection of a bigger picture to come. There was one very small promo in particular that that kind of felt like an atomic bomb, not just because of a word that was used, but because of the person saying the word and the statement of intent that came in that mm. promo. We'll, we'll get to that later on. But um, other than that, you know, the garden really always will be the garden, Vinny, even if Vinny's not in the building for it. This was this was a Monday Night Raw by any other name. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was one of those things where, as I was watching this Raw, I was like, what was I actually expecting? Like, yeah. I wouldn't want a, a WCW, all the titles are vacant now. Yeah sort of thing to happen. And I also didn't realise, realised very soon, right, well, they're not going to suddenly go, no, you know what, strip the, or, you know, we're going to put the world title on the line this week, or we're going to do completely flip the script, or, like, 
the bare bones of Raw are what they are. And they may well change, like you say, over time. Mm. By like 2023 or by WrestleMania next year, things may well have changed. But it was not, especially in the time period between <laughs> Triple H being named head of creative and this show happening. Yeah. Especially in the time period we are as well, in terms of we are days away from SummerSlam. They ain't going to completely change everything just because someone's new coming at the top. And like you say, there was promising signs in uh, them not being afraid to be like, oh, Montez Ford's been a bit busted open in that main event. Some things that were said, the lack, in my opinion, of, oh, let's recap something that just happened 10 seconds ago, right? There's still elements of, you know, shaky cam bollocks that is what it is and hopefully will be slowly weaned out of there. But like you say, I think what was more important for me was the news that we, we reported today regarding Triple H's meeting and saying... Yeah, things are going to start changing around here. This is this is the beginning. This is not the finished product of the new, you know, uh, Triple H era of WWE. Yeah, well, and there's a couple of sort of colliding forces here as well because for years and years, probably up until about 2019, when like nobody, probably myself included, wanted to admit that maybe NXT had peaked. Like the, the we've talked before about the season finale feeling of Takeover New York. And then AEW's existence bringing that into sharper focus, really. That maybe his golden era as a booker was over. But probably up until that point, there was always that narrative, wasn't there? That he was a more fan-friendly head of creative. Mm. And the type of person that, when if and when he was to ever replace Vince McMahon, those changes would be sort of just writ large on the main roster. The basics of what he was doing in NXT would be reflected on the main roster in a way that Vince McMahon could no longer do. And then obviously he fell from grace and he fell seemingly from being the guy to ever replace him. And he was pretty much out of the conversation until he's been thrust back into it. (laughs) Um, But in that time, whatever was deemed fan-friendly, especially when it was on NXT, was also deemed to be a loser strategy. NXT was destroyed in the Wednesday Night War by AEW by a new way of doing something even if some of those new ways were the old ways, just done better. So whether or not it was fan-friendly, you could argue that there was no business rationale for it. WWE, for all of its faults in terms of a um, a drama, a television show, in terms of how creatively bankrupt it often feels, in terms of how much of a void of entertainment it feels on three hours on a Monday and two on a Friday, was phenomenally successful yeah. as a business-to-business company to the point where they could kind of stick two fingers up at a fan-friendly output. So Triple H coming in and deploying whatever strategy he had might have been, uh, ironically, Triple H might have not been seen as being best for business. <laughs> you know, what he has inherited here is something that objectively has been successful. Mm-hmm. You know, successful, question mark? <laughs> something that a bunch of people were very happy with, that were very rich, that were making WWE richer and making Vincent Mann and Nick Khan richer, et cetera, et cetera. So he has to be very careful about the changes he implements. Yes. You can't, what he can do, for example, Triple H, on day one, if he wishes, he can pick up the phone, ring, 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 and then a phone goes off somewhere in Hollywood or somewhere, and it says, hello, Mr. Worldwide speaking. I beg your pardon? Now, we now we had that contract the next April, yeah? WrestleMania goes Hollywood. Excuse me? Where the f*** is Poppy? <laughs> right? Phone gets slammed down. Um, you've only got one life, don't let it live you. <laughs> Those changes are the ones that Triple H can probably make without fear of shareholders, you know, getting a bit angry or antsy and being like, what, what the hell's happened to our easy money-making content factory? Yeah. But sweeping changes to Monday Night Raw, the roster, the makeup of Raw and SmackDown 
those have got to be done very delicately and they've got to be done almost without anybody really noticing. They've also got to be done with the assumption that Vincent Mann isn't lurking in the shadows playing Puppet Master and yeah. all of these people are just his marionettes anyway. It's a very delicate and long process before we can judge. Like I say, with only a couple of exceptions. And I do think there was an attempt from Triple H to show that here, but there was so on the nose, which to be fair is a pretty big landing strip if we're talking about <laughs> Triple H, but there was so on the nose that it almost felt a bit fake. It almost felt a bit like, oh, there's our game. Mm-hmm. There's our diamond. Uh, there he is. There's, there's, what what was that awful nickname that, like, the Reddit was like, Papa H, was it? Oof. Like, oh, man. Try. Try. I got, and I've, I've gone to bat for try for a few years of those NXT years, but there was a couple of things on here where it was so, so obvious that he was trying to be like, see, see, new manager, new sheriff in town. But then the rest of Raw was like, New sheriff's got to do a lot of stuff the same as the old sheriff. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you think that the uh, opening of the show is, is what you were alluding to there? One million goddamn percent. One show million opened. goddamn percent. Did the show open with somebody welcoming us to Monday Night Raw or a boring 20-minute promo of which Triple H was the sort of like specialist of in the mid-2000s? No. No. It opened with Logan Paul and The Miz brawling in the ring. Yeah. Apparently prior to the show, Logan Paul had come out and called The Miz out. And uh, the Miz had obliged, and they'd gotten into it, and officials had to separate them. And you thought, ooh, ooh. something a little bit different. The, uh, the irony, by the way, of a man with a segment, I know it's a play on words because his name's Paul, but called I- Impulsive, Impulsive TV, right? Acting on impulse before his Impulsive TV show <laughs> and having this fight, and then the, all this being cleared up and then doing the preset and staged Impulsive TV <laughs> at the planned time it was supposed to go on air. That's uh, that's really something. Uh, and that was followed by the head of the table, the tribal chief, the leader of the bloodline. Acknowledge him! <laughs> Roman Reigns comes out flanked by the Usos and the wise man uh, to kick things off in Madison Square Garden. Or mixed reaction, but a peppy nonetheless. Uh, and he tells MSG, Acknowledge me! And they do so, as, they, sure they, as they rightly should, to their tribal chief. You've just pressed... And play from the uh, the fast forward button, getting purchase on yep. your remote control at home. I was going to talk now, <laughs> uh, and he said, "I don't, don't feel like talking." Actually, hand the mic to the mic to the wise man, and there was issues with with the mic. Mm. Heyman straight on it. Sounds like we got a guy from New Jersey, <laughs> uh, and he says, "We want your name written down. You're the next one out the door. This is why you need Paul Heyman." In situations like this, cute line that, really cute. Uh, and he talks about the fact that on Sunday, it'd be 700 days, bloody hell, as a champion for Roman mm. Reigns. But we all know that Brock Lesnar loves to wreck people's parties. He uh, ended Randy Couture in the UFC when he was on top. He ended the Undertaker's streak. He took John Cena to Suplex City when he was at his peak. And he talked about um, rivalries. Knicks versus the Celtics, the Red, Vo- Red Sox versus the Yankees, Hogan versus Macho Man, Stone Cold versus the greatest wrestler of all time, The Rock. He didn't say that bit. I added that bit. Because <laughs> uh, The Rock put people over. Um, when you think of Reigns, though, after this weekend, you will no longer have to think of Brock Lesnar. He can just go back to Saskatchewan and slaughter some hogs. Yeah. I like, I like the new picture they've painted of what Brock does in his spare time now. Mm-hmm. It's, like it's been fairly effective as Cowboy Brock in revealing the real man behind the mercenary, isn't yeah. it? I like that. Just a simple man yeah. who likes killing things. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and he said, yes, on Saturday, Reigns will finally rid himself of Lesnar. And the crowd doesn't seem to buy this because they chant for Suplex City. Mm-hmm. Out comes Theory, of course. The fly in the ointment or the elephant in the room or whatever <laughs> phrase you want to use. The bell end. The turd uh, in the punch bowl. Indeed. Uh, and he repeated what he was going to do at SummerSlam. He's going to regain his US title and he's going to cash in and become world champion. I bet at least one of those things doesn't come true. Yeah. Uh, and Reigns, so I love Menace. I mean, I you know my opinion about the Tribal Chief, about Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. I had a flashback as well watching this. To I regularly have flashbacks to our time in Texas. Yep. It's one of the happiest times for me. Being outside the wasn't American Airlines Center, was it? What where that was where well, we had raw. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, American Airlines Center. That feels right. I'll Google that. It's like you, it was like right. a, it was it was an AA, but I can't remember whether, yeah. whether it was the right. If I've got the right terminology here. But I distinctly remember that Raw and doing the sort of what went down there. Mm. And, and Miller's, Miller's to my left. He's doing ups and downs. He's got a slightly bigger crowd. I'll, I'll admit that. <laughs> um, and then there's the torrential downpour afterwards. And we unfortunately had to, you it know. It was the American Airlines Center. Ju- the one that I ended up getting picked up by global news media. Because Indeed. I recorded the sirens going off because people basically had to run for cover. Yes. And like, I was later told, I was later like mansplained by people on Twitter. Like, <laughs> Big deal. Seen up to da, 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 when I had my time. And it's like, yeah, well, I've been to your city and state for all the two weeks and I've seen this. <laughs> like, that weather outside is some weather. Pal. Yeah. But I just didn't remember doing the what went down and insisting everyone stood and acknowledged Roman Reigns. There's <laughs> <laughs> that shot of me with my finger and in the yeah. air and everyone else like, okay, no, f- yeah, fair enough. Anyway, so. Uh, I'm sort of imagining uh, you, you know, the bit of the uh, the episode of The Simpsons where they're feeding with Shelbyville over the lemons. It's like you sat at the tree with the book over and, and like telling the kids, like, and then they acknowledged me. <laughs> and it's like, here's, here's the picture of you with all the people with their fingers in the air. People really like you, Adam Wilbur. But menacing Roman Reigns is the best. And he's like, why are you, why are you saying all this from down there? Get in the ring. Yeah. Come here. Get in. In theory, he's very paranoid as he gets in. Uh, he said, look, Theory, you've got no idea what to do with that briefcase. I've got some advice for you. Just analyse the situation. Let's remember, your daddy's not here anymore. Ooh. Oh, my God, what a line that was. You, yeah, chance of daddy's boy, chance of who's your daddy. Reigns basically in first. He's going to be his daddy going forward. And he tells him that the garden belongs to me. And they go to leave. And Jey Uso... You know my feelings about people getting slapped on the back oh of the head. Oh, my God. It is a red I rag to a you ball when I saw me. this, yeah. He clips Theory on the back of the head. Theory hits him with a briefcase, and Jay just no-sold it. And <laughs> like, Calm me down, lads. Settles things down, and they leave. I love this opening bit. Yeah, it was all right. This um, Roman, as you say, legitimately funny menace, I think. Um, theory, The Theory's daddy line, other than being this reference that I think people were just so hyped for. Yeah. Like, will they, won't they? And I guess this was as much of a will they as people needed. And you get in the first segment, in fact, well, you know, the, the second segment, but the, the first big show opening segment, um, I did think of Theory going into um, Coupland's or Greg's with Vince and being like, Daddy, can I have a fruit shoot? <laughs> um, but this was as, this was as morbidly entertaining as it was fiercely counterproductive. Because we knew that they would beat Theory like a drum the second he won that briefcase because they just see it as a license to do that every time. But it's just too... The the mountain is too steep. Mm. 
Reigns, Lesnar, it really doesn't matter. Theory, cashing in, would feel like the fakest nonsense probably ever in the history of a Money in the Bank briefcase, something which requires a certain contrivance of somebody is down and out and you basically, it's why it's hard for a babyface to work it because effectively you're taking advantage of a already battered or injured or downed wrestler. I don't even believe that if, like a Roman and Brock that have gone half an hour They've gone so far in the opposite direction with Theory that they could go half an hour to an hour beating the dog out of each other, and I still wouldn't believe that Theory yeah. could get a fall on yeah. them. Like, the gap is miles, miles wide, and it wasn't made better by anything else that followed. It wasn't like sort of they did the old WWE. Well, like, Theory got his heat back by the end of the night. He's getting out. Like, they've gone all... Remember, like, a few months ago when it was Mustafa Ali, and it was like, well... Yeah, they do like burying people in the hometown, but to be fair to them, this is the theory push. You cannot have him lose a title so soon. Has he so much as like, <laughs> has he done anything but look at the lights in every building nationwide since winning that briefcase? He's got DQ'd a few times. Yeah, I suppose. Like, he ran around the ring like a buffoon with his briefcase as a way to avoid getting attacked. I just, I, like, it's, it's not new. It's not a different way that they book these people, but... I just think theory needs anything but this type of booking at the moment. Yeah. It's not like it's not like we're doing the thing. Well, well, he's a made man, so it's not Brian no. da- like Brian Danison or Daniel Bryan from a few years ago. It's like nothing they can do can harm this man. Like he's he's Teflon, he's bulletproof. He needs all the help he can get, and they're going the totally opposite way. Mm-hmm. Even with the fat end of an hour's exposure he got at the start of this role. Well, yeah. After the break, uh, after this opening, we come back. Theory's in there. He goes to cut a promo, basically, and say how great he is, and he's just immediately interrupted by Drew McIntyre. <sighs> they have a match: Drew McIntyre versus Theory, the first match of the Triple H era. Skip. What? Skip. As if to just pull one giant rib on anybody, and it wasn't me for a change, which is why I can luxuriate. <laughs> but stayed up late to watch this. Raw with new, like, revived hope about WWE's future. DQ, wasn't it? I was really glad I didn't stay up to watch this when this happened. No finish. No finish in the first match. Brawling Brutes got involved, yeah. Yeah. Drew McIntyre won via DQ. So, enough of all that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five-star review review. Nailed it! Wouldn't dream of doing the noise. <laughs> man's on holiday, man. Let the man enjoy his break without, like, if I was He's to enjoy it by catching up on Raw. Apparently, if I, was, if I was to attempt that noise somewhere by a poolside, like, so it would just like bolt upright and be like, "What the fuck was that?" Drop his margarita. Yeah, straight like all over the floor. Like, cheers, kids crying. I, I wouldn't dream of it. Enjoy your holiday, Sid. You've earned it. Yeah. Uh, so, if you want to suggest something short, crap, and like wrestling rated uh, for us to review instead of. Probably a DQ on Raw, <laughs> more than likely, or a bad segment. You can do so. Instead by... of the existential dread that nothing will ever change, uh, send us a five-star review. <laughs> Go to iTunes, or you can leave a five-star review on Spotify um, and suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related. Obviously, with Spotify, leave us a five-star review and then just email your review to me, adam.wilborn yeah. at whatculture.com. Or you can leave on iTunes, just like Anthony Craig did who writes, Hello, gentlemen. I've been listening to your podcast for several years now, uh, up until recently, mainly on Spotify, but decided to save the money and switch to Apple. Wow. Welcome to the big leagues. <laughs> uh, over the past several years, listening to your analysis of the plethora of wrestling shows, very nice, uh, has made almost every day a little bit easier to get through. 
I find myself laughing out loud at work and then having to explain to my co-workers <laughs> why I was laughing. They don't understand the humor in the accents for us Americans being Italian-Americans or Southern Americans. <laughs> uh, for my five-star review review, I leave that up to you professionals. I'm sure whatever you pick will be well worth it. Thank you for this review, uh, Anthony, and this free hit, basically, because... Well, I, I let you choose this, and we thought, what with it being a new era, mm. we could look back on another new era in wrestling. Indeed, yeah. I just want to say, by the way, because you'd mentioned that it was Anthony. I didn't realise his name was Anthony Craig, and there's something nothing to Anthony Craig, but we're all about niche British nonsense here, and Craig and Anthony had one of the best relationships in Big, Big Brother, Brother history. Yes. Yeah, like there was, a, there was this unrequited love between Craig and... Uh, and Anthony, who Anthony was just this like real handsome oh, young man. Piece, he yeah. was a piece. I think he won. I think it was Big Brother Four, maybe Big Brother Five. Um, and Craig, his friend in the house, who kind of harbored a deep love for him from afar and was never able to express his love, and then would occasionally get pissed and like go up next. They'd both be drunk. He'd side up next to him and be like, "Oh, Anthony, you're such a such a lovely, calming soul. I really love you." And Anthony's like, "I oh, cheers, Craig." Like, completely oblivious to the fact that the Craig was completely in love with him. It was this really sweet summer love story that sadly could never be consummated. I believe Craig was gay and Anthony was straight, so mm-hmm. it was it was doomed from the beginning. Um, but it played out as truly magnificent television. And just hearing Anthony Craig there reminded me of that time. Just uh, just looking back on on it was season six. Season six. Uh, right, Big Brother winners go. Series one was Craig. Oh, da, what da, an da, absolute da. legend! Series two was Brian Dowling. Correct. Da, 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 da. Series three was Kate Lawler. Correct. Da, 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 da. Series four was Cameron some stout. Stout. Thank you. Series six was Anthony. We've just done that one. Series oh, series five. Da, 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 da. I was falling off by then. Series five. Memorable winner. Nadia. Correct. Series 7 was almost certainly the last one I watched. Uh, Male or female? Male. Oh, God. Um, I think that was... I think that's where I'm out. I think a 7 was where I dropped You might remember him. Pete Bennett. Oh, yes, I did watch that. Pete and Nicky. Yeah. Yeah, that was been the last series I watched, definitely. And then Brian Bellow. I was out. See, Brian Bellow, if viral content was Professional a thing. Professional thick person, I think, was there. Yeah, like if Brian Bellow was a thing back then. Sorry, if viral content was a thing, like I'd have known it through the way in which Brian Bellow's wacky insights were shared on primitive social media. Mm. Series series nine was uh, Rachel Wright. Yeah! No yeah. idea. Never, mm-hmm. never heard of her. Uh, but anyway, series, what are we on? Series six we're on about. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Anthony Craig, yes. for that reminder. And a bonus Big Brother countdown for anybody that actually watched this. Apologies to apologies to you, Anthony, because this probably means nothing to you or any of your work colleagues wondering what the hell we're talking about. I like the fact that it says here. Craig finished about fifth, I think, by the way, looks at this. Yeah. <laughs> some of the some of the careers. So there's the usual stuff. Student, uh, student slash male belly dancer. Yeah. Uh, entertainment entrepreneur. Not a thing. Uh, <laughs> promotions girl makes sense, and then some of the other, like second place, Eugene Sully. I remember Eugene Sully. Yeah, student. Yeah, Makosi Musambasi, who's mm-hmm. uh, gone on to become a presenter, I believe. Uh, TV personality. Makosi. Yeah. Um, was in the hot tub with Anthony, mm-hmm. and then told somebody in the house the next day, "I think I might be pregnant." The next day, I think I might be pregnant. And then it was like, well, did you have sex? And it was kind of, maybe, not sure. Well, <laughs> a couple of things that need to go on here. And she's a nurse. 
Right, she was a nurse. <laughs> well, then, in which case, if she was a medical professional, who, who am I to comment? I forgot that Kinga was in season, season six. Kinga! Anyway, um, for those not listening, uh, search... Oh, poor Kinga, right, because she just... So your Kinga on telly last night. She went... She put a wine bottle up there, and that's all that she was remembered for from her run, and it's reality TV is a cruel beast because, unfortunately you're kind of left with a legacy whether you want it or not. And anybody that was there, it's a proper if-you-know-you-know thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. If somebody, if you were there and you are watching and you go, Kinga from Big Brother, you're going to think of one thing straight away. Mm -hmm. And it's just not fair because she's lived a life of many, many hours, days, months, years, and yet you are, your footprint in television is that. So Anthony Hutton, 23-year-old from Newcastle, won Occupation 70s Dancer. Yes. But my favourite is the first person to be evicted on day eight, Mary O'Leary from, sorry, Mary O'Leary from Dublin. Do you know oh, what her? I like, sorry, I like how you apologised for not doing that. Yeah. yeah. Occupation, psychic advisor, writer, slash white witch. So, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she had to declare that for tax purposes, obviously. Yeah. So, anyway, Anthony Craig yeah. has suggested a, a new era. Mm. Oh, no, well, we, we've used this as a, as a way to talk about a new era. Which new, new era are we talking about? Vince Russo arrives in WCW. Yay! One no. of these days, we're going to watch all of the Vince Russo era of WCW. Oh, yes, Not please. today. But. Aye. As a, as a week-by-week review. So this is not to be confused with... Uh, I'm so jealous that Alvarez did that first. This is not to be confused with Vince Russo starting a new era six months after he started a new era, yeah. alongside Eric Bischoff in April 2000, New Blood Millionaires. Problem, Club. Sid. Forget your scissors. That's no reaction. <laughs> I said, what's the problem, Sid? You forget your scissors. Still no reaction, Eric. Not full of marks, this crowd. <laughs> Too inside that one, Eric. So, aye, this is the first new era, which was weird because he wanted the world to know that he was there, but was like, I swear to God, you will never see my face on television. Like, Adam Wilborn, you will never know my face. So hypothetically, if somebody was to pay money to see me abuse you, you won't even know who the hell it is. <laughs> you pieces of shit. I'm Vince Russo. <laughs> So there, he would later reveal him, like he would do the powers that be thing, which you'll see, like a point of view shot of somebody that like that looked like the villain from Inspector Gadget. (laughs) I'll get you next time, Gadget, in a handicap match. (laughs) Next on Nitro. (laughs) So he would be there with Ron and Don Harris by his side. But initially, it was just, and this was so weird. And then all he did was book himself to win the world title. Yeah, nothing, nothing major, nothing that would compromise his position as you know, like sort of chief creative force behind a wrestling company. Anyway. He the first Nitro with which he is it's got the reins basically creatively within WCW is not we got Vince Russo from the WWF big push big steal everything you've loved about the Attitude Era this guy said it was because of him and now we've got him right it was Tony and Bobby Narrator, it wasn't well indeed Tony and Bobby open Nitro or kickoff night I'm like sure. mid October '99 isn't it Yeah there'd been a WWE pay per view the night before. Uh, no mercy more on that later mm. why that matters <laughs> there'd been a WWE pay per view the night before. And um, they were opening Nitro by suggesting it's a new era. It's a big day here in WCW um, because we've got a brand new creative team starting with us tonight. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Now, that's a pretty big problem, isn't it? Because the last thing you want your sports-orientated broadcast to start with is an out-front acknowledgement that this is all fake. This is not real. This is actually EastEnders. This is Coronation Street. Thanks Thanks for tuning into Monday Night Football. Psych, it's a soap, right? Why did Phil Mitchell say that start of EastEnders? And this is what people don't understand. Just because we know it, you're not supposed to be overt. It's really important that, like, everybody is all in on this. You know, it's the same thing that what makes the Owens and Ezekiel feud fun. We have to just 
and uh, a silent contract that we are all of the understanding of what the show is. Yeah. Right? That's really important. So they just tear that contract up. The first, <laughs> it's the first chance they get. All right, that's gone. And then what happens is over the course of this Nitro, you see these changes far bigger than Triple H is on this Raw, where I think Medusa is told she's going to be working. Medusa and Mona, I think, are told they're going to be working a New York titty match or something. It's like uh, <laughs> like bikinis or whatever, and she's unhappy about this. Like, they're, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm, you know, fabled wrestler, all this sort of thing. Uh, and there's various other changes. And Buff Bagwell rocks up earlier in the show, and he's got a smile miles wide. Mm. And he's alluding. He's like, I got some people backstage there, a big fan of Buff Bagwell, and things are going to be looking up for me from here on out. And the implication is that, like, you know, the, the old guard are out, the new guard are in, and one of their favorites is the Buff Daddy. And that, again, that's about as far to the line as you can go in wrestling. Because even then... Yeah, it's one thing for you to say, well, I like my boss. Because one thing it, for Vince to say, I like theory, and I've put him in this match. Because that kind of keeps within the rules yeah. of the sport. It's like, I like you as an athlete, and I believe you're going to win, and I'm happy if you cheat, because I want you to succeed in this sport. Sonya Deville dislikes the champ, so she'll put her in bad situations. It's less than ideal, because it's like aged like milk, the authority figure stuff at this point. But at least it sort of exists within the yeah, basic rules, right? Buff Bagwell has pushed it as far as he can by basically saying, like, he's kind of said, it doesn't matter if I suck because my best mate's the writer now. The writer? What? But we'll let that go. And then it turns out that the reason that promo has happened is for this. Mm. So we see a replay from a match from Thunder where Buff Bagwell was teaming with La Parker but yeah. then turned on him. Mm. Uh, I think they were fighting the total package and Rick Steiner. Yep. And he had a great blockbuster mm-hmm. on, on La Parker. The referee went to go for a pin because the referees don't know what the hell's <laughs> going on already in WCW in 99. So anyway, that's what set this match up. La Parker's in the ring. Mm-hmm. Fans love him. Uh, and out comes Buff Bagwell. But something's different. He looks pissed off. He doesn't stop to pose. Or a hat with the glasses. Exactly. Yeah. No strut, no pose, no top hat, they mention on commentary. The pyro just goes off, <laughs> walks out past it. Uh, and it's quite funny to watch a wrestling they selling their pyro, isn't it? Yeah. I did quite like that. Heen, it's only beaten by Kevin Nash going, look how much fucking pyro <laughs> they put on for me. I'm about to lay down. <laughs> anyway, uh, Heenan yeah. says, uh, something's bothering him. <laughs> and uh, I think Tony says, yeah, very different to how he was an hour and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets in the ring, no posing, no nothing. Just looks very grumpy. Yeah. Starts tapping his imaginary watch on his wrist, going, I gotta go. Come on, let's get on with this. Yeah. And LeBarca's got the chair because he's the chairman. Yeah. And he's like, I, fucking, I hate you because you turned betrayed on me, me on Thursday. Yeah. Like, we need he's to like, settle this. Put the chair away and let's start the goddamn match. Is yeah. basically what Buff's saying. Uh, they basically, well, they got lock up and Buff, they do a sort of grappling exchange. But mm-hmm. he's, Buff's just like, yeah. You know when Steven Seagal, like, tosses those <laughs> yeah. like people and they just run at him and he like, goes, and they just do, like, a front flip or whatever. Yeah. It's that. He's just going through the motions. He pushes LaParker away. There's some lazy kicks in there. There's a side headlock and commentary goes, hmm, his focus doesn't appear to be on his opponent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At one point, he throws LaParker. Uh-huh. And then just sits on the middle rope turn buckle. Right. So this is one of the first points at which... You have to, you, you've broken the universe, right? You could do, well, what's going on with Buff here? And LaParker is like, what, what are you doing, Buff? Like, we're supposed to be cooperating here, right? So in the lockup is probably the point where it's like, what the hell's going on here? Now, if it's real, the cameras would cut away, the referee would 
send a message to the back that all of this would disappear, right, if it's real. But, like, the referee and the production assistant got no idea what's going on with Buff. What's going on here? Are we seeing behind the magician's cloth? And then Buff throws the Parker away, and the Parker moves. So does that mean if this is real, Buff's got super strength? <laughs> like That's like one question at which point you realize this is broken. Yeah, you, it, you cannot bend these rules because already, if, if in the, the ice that you're standing on is starting to crack. Yeah, if, if in the lockup you've been like, wait a minute, Buff's not cooperating. So at that point, you still stop cooperating too because you're the park. You're like, what's going on here? I'm going to ma- make me look like a bell. But then you're flung across the ring. Is that, was that a shoot, was it? Is that what you're telling me? Like, bus shoot, super-powered. And on it goes. Commentary. There's definitely a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Tony goes, he's not even fighting back right now. And, like, the park is just kicking him. Yeah. And he's sort of still selling for it. So what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. He gets dropped on the turnbuckle at one point. Uh-huh. And that's what fires him up briefly. And he does like a drop toe hold and he starts hammering Leparka. So, so that's like shoot at now this I'm, point. Now He's I'm a, trying again. Like you've, you've done a worked turnbuckle spot on me, but like I'm hurt for real. So now I'm shooting partner. Yeah. Is that right? So that's where we're at. Okay. And then, and then it's like the switch goes back off again. It's like the switch turns on. He's like, yeah. right, okay. We're in a bare knuckle fight. This is real. And then suddenly switch off again. And, it, <laughs> and he just goes... He basically like goes, look at what, look at what twat do this. Does his own pose. Yeah. And then, big the thing that everyone's probably seen before. He goes, and then goes, come on, kick me in the back of the head. Yeah. And Parker obliges, kicks him in the back of the head, pins him. Mm-hmm. So for a split second, I thought, okay, so Leparka's kicked him, KO'd him. Yeah. One, two, three. Hard in the back of the head to score a fall. Nope. Shoot. Bob stands up. He's arguably up quicker than LeBarker. Slightly rubs the back of his head. LeBarker's still jumping up and like, yeah, I do want the match. So again, just to sort of reset, from where we were at before, where Buff uses shoot super strength to shoot Buff across the uh, shoot LeBarker across the ring, to now Buff being like, actually, no, I'm, I'm bored of this process again. I'm going to mock the whole thing. And then tells LeBarker to kick him. Does LeBarker, mindful at this point, this is completely broken down into a full-on shoot fight, MMA, UFC, cage fight, 2004. Like... Is he like, well, I'm going to have to kick him as hard as I possibly yeah. can. Does so, but then Buff pops right back up. So again, are we at the point where Buff's got his super strength back? Th- this cannot work. Like the UK school holiday system, this system cannot <laughs> function. After the pinball, Enid says, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they show people in the back celebrating the Parker winning. Mm-hmm. And then you hear them go, oh, you stole another headset. And they cut back to ringside. And, oh, this isn't over, brother. Mm. Bagwell's got Heenan's headset, and he says, Hey, Russo, did I do a good job for you? Oh, You know what? Who else can come down and beat me, big man? Ah. He said Russo. So, who the hell's Russo? So over the course of the last hour and a half, the cocksure and arrogant buff, who was, now we can think, going back to that segment an hour and a half ago, must have commandeered television time to come out and be like, Hey, best mates with the new boss. In the fiction, has gone backstage, and the new boss has been like, I don't like you. And let me tell you, nobody likes you. <laughs> and you're going out there to lose tonight as a Parker. So he's gone like, well, even for sure then. Yeah. Like for the last hour and a half. And he's stewed on this. And he's gone out there and he's done this. And he's taken the microphone. And if only during the three and a half minute exhibition of Buff Bagwell tearing up the script, they'd have thought to turn his microphone off the second he got a hold of the headset. But no, he gets to say that on air as well. The production assistant must just not have got there on time. Kind of makes you wonder why Russo in this fiction didn't say, no, you're wrong, actually. I'm not going to use you. Has then sent him out there to wrestle anyway. Why yeah. don't you say, you know, I've got no place for him, mate. Get yourself away. Like, how has this match gone on? Yeah. Again, within the fiction. It's, it's falling apart, isn't it? 
Yes. Let's be honest, it's falling apart. It's a, the best bit is, so Laparka hates Buff. Yep. He's beating him, <laughs> pinned him, but he's not like got his, you know, got his own back for this bloke screwing him out of a good tag match. He's just beating him. Yep. He just pinned him. So he's in the ring still celebrating, and Buff slides back in, and he just looks at him. <laughs> he just looks at him. Laparka goes, oh, bollocks. Leaves, does his little dance on the ramp, which always pops like, in. But is he celebrating a win hard-earned, or is he just... Whip, like, I'm going to the pay window. This, yeah. this is real somehow. So Buff gets back in the ring once LaBarca leaves, yeah. lays down and sort of goes, come on then, who fancies pinning me sort mm-hmm. of thing. And then we see LaBarca and we see a figure yes. fly past LaBarca. Jacket off now. Jacket's coming off. Good. And Buff has apparently given up on getting pinned now because he's back up and he's sort of leaning through the ropes towards the commentators. He's jaw jacking with them. Jeff Jarrett slides, oh! slides into the ring. Buff turns around. Huge guitar shot to the head, which Buff sells. Right. Now, I'll put it to you in the office before we came in to record this. Is he selling? Because Wilborn, for the last five minutes or so, I ain't seen Buff Bagwell sell sh- So what we can only assume is that that balsa wood guitar is 50 times harder than anything Parker can do, including <laughs> swing a chair. So make your mind up. Like, what, what did we just witness here? Is Jeff Jarrett, like... The man, Buff Bagwell, is so strong that he can shoot, send LaParker into a corner, and indeed wrestle with him without cooperation, but he's not as strong as a Jeff Jarrett guitar shot. More proof, if proof be need be, yeah. that Jeff Jarrett is the right man for SummerSlam on Saturday. And LTST. Rick, and Ric Flair's last match. And Ric Flair's last match. Double LTST. Uh, <laughs> Always he, a pleasure to give you some promo, Conrad. Why not snip this up context-free as well? Heenan does uh, a great line as well. He said... He's parting Buff's hair with a guitar. That's what he's doing here. Because Tony's like, what's he doing here? Good line. And Jeff gets the mic. Yeah, he does. He says, you want to talk about stroke, Buff? You want to talk about being somebody's boy? Well, let me tell you a little something about stroke. How is it the last night, less than 24 hours ago? <laughs> Old man Jarrett. <laughs> I was in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> wrestling on a pay-per-view. <laughs> And tonight, I'm here live on Monday Nitro. And you're like, well, this is the best. Yep. And he's fin- finished on top. My word, does he hear. Hey, Buff, I got your stroke. Right <laughs> here. Grabs his cock. Right on the And cat. leaves, and then they show about six replays <laughs> of the guitar shot. Right on a single J. Handful of it, it was. Yeah, so this was the Nitro, where uh, it's obviously been debunked, slash debated, slash everybody knows the real deal now, but the old... Held Vince McMahon up for money whole deal. Was that the No Mercy the night before where he lost the Intercontinental title to China and then rocked upon Nitro for all of this to occur? He had to be out of contract and all the rest of it. So legitimately shocking moment. That is very much Russo's MO to be like, right, we're off to the races. I'm going to do big shocks, big swerves. Da, 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 da. And Jeff Jarrett turns out to be the chosen one, which would become his gimmick and would become a big part of his, you know, his relationship with Russo and indeed the character he played on television. Um, but this was... So this was real too? This is like, I'm the chosen one. And then Jeff Jarrett proceeded to, as the chosen one, go on to win and lose the WCW Championship four times in 12 months. Now, if you are the shoot chosen one of Vince Russo, <laughs> as we were set up, you would probably not be jobbing the title out three times, four times yeah. uh, in one calendar year. You would win it, for sure. Mm-hmm. You would probably win it at your first attempt. And, like, look what happened when somebody had actual shoot power. Somebody. Look what happened when Jeff Jarrett had shoot power in the company <laughs> several years later in TNA. And, indeed, Triple J, Triple H. Anyone that gets shoot power holds on to that thing for as long as they possibly can in spite of business metrics suggesting they shouldn't. Yep. 
And yet, the chosen one was somehow booked to lose over and over again. I love Jeff Jarrett, we know I do. But he was just part of this house of cards falling apart way quicker than anybody had time to rebuild. So should we get the cards back together? <laughs> Gust of wind, cards fall down again, over and over again in a constant loop until 18 months later. And uh, what is the fate of WCW? Well, Vince, it's for it to go out of business. And then uh, 21 years later, the guy that you fire on TV to be working for the company that you were no longer part of. <laughs> Another big W for Double J. Hey, hey Vince. Hey, Vince. Hey. I got you strong right here. I'll see you at SummerSlam. Oh, no, wait, I won't because you can't come. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett has made SummerSlam into Cartman land. <laughs> and we go to the comment section. Yes, please. Uh, not a great deal to be found here, obviously. What are you suggesting that people cannot masturbate to a work shoot Jeff Jarrett, La Parker, Buff Bagwell man sandwich? There's still a popper in here, though. I might try. That they do not reflect the views of myself, Michael Hamlet, the Dadley Boys in, in, on the whole, uh, or anyone at What Culture Wrestling. A uh, shout out to El Hermanutico, mm-hmm. along with many others who write What Culture Brought Me Here. Hey! This I, was a kayfabe when kayfabe. I, I wrote that list. Yeah, and Simon Miller voiced it. That, that's uh, like, I've, I'm just showing my cards, right? Like, uh, Big uh, Jeff Jarrett arrival spot. Yeah, get that in the list. Any excuse? KW Music reflecting your uh, analysis here as well. Russo loved to do the, okay, everything is fake, but this, this is real. <laughs> He's shooting, and they wonder why WCW died. It's awful, man. Like, you just, you know, WWE's, uh, you got to keep your head on a swivel. That shouldn't be the viewer's experience. No. Uh, JP on Sports writes, Jarrett laid that guitar a little bit for- more firmly than normal. Jeff wasn't always the easiest to work with, but you don't ever fool with kayfabe. Uh, <laughs> just as an aside, th- this there's countless evidence out there, right? But TV 14, like, can we just say it out front? Oh, by the way, the guitars are completely rigged up. It's fine. Mm. Bring back the headshots. Because every time you watch one, you miss it. It's the way they explode. Oh, so man, good. it's such a satisfying spot. And the ones at the back just ain't it. Uh, Sophie writes, Jarrett forgot to mention that he'd lost against a woman the night before on pay-per-view. <laughs> God. And? Come on, Sophie. I'm going to assume, Sophie, that you were also a woman. And come on. Uh, Vicar Heel. Um, it's something that a lot of people say this. Russo was sent to WCW by McMahon to destroy WCW from the inside out. Agent Russo. Yeah, you hear that one quite a bit. I mean, he wasn't. But, I mean, he did a hell of a job of making it look that way, didn't People he? People go like, well, what's the thing? He's really good in WWF, and then every other company he's gone to, he's destroyed since then. I'm like, yeah, because in WWF he had Vince McMahon saying, that's dumb, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We'll cherry pick this, this, and this. And the whole thing of like, mm, why has he destroyed every other business he's gone to then if he's not a, 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 an, yeah, a, an infiltrator? Because he's dumb. He's <laughs> crap. Got some interesting ideas for an interesting period of time in pop culture, and, and that was about it. It might just really briefly on this because this is, you know, we're treading over all ground having a bit of a pop at Vince Russo. But Russo within W, like, I think legitimately he had one really amazing thing that I'm not sure has ever been replicated in WWE um, is that whole thing that him and Ed Ferrari used to sit together to do their creative meetings, and they would start with the people at the very bottom of the roster and work upwards, upwards from mm. there. So, not to neg this particular wrestler, but let's just say Crash Holly, right? Like, and this is pre-24-7 hardcore division. So, like, Crash, what's Crash Holly doing this week? Right, we'll get him sorted and then move up like that. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really nice idea in principle because typically it's going to be the main event as they get all the focus and stuff like that. But the point is, when you're getting to the main event, is that was absolutely always the stuff that Vince McMahon was the most hands-on with, right? So Vince Russo is doing all this for a bunch of characters that 
are still quite fondly remembered. There'll be a bunch of people that are yeah, probably quite yeah. grateful that they were given some sort of TV time or gimmick that they've been allowed to work on the Indies ever since, right? But you get to that main event, like top run, and let's just take a look at the the wrestlers in question, right, for this. If, if Vince Russo was still taking complete credit for this period, right? Right, we're getting up to that the top of the card now. So we're in Triple H, he's in DX, he's breaking out. Yeah, like he's... Absolutely up there. Mick Foley has just had this incredible couple of years. He's getting up there. Oh, it uh, just happens to be Steve Austin and The Rock. So <laughs> even if the Vince McMahon filter bit wasn't even true, imagine getting to that top line and being like, well, geez, I can't really lose, can I? No. Should we just throw these names up in the air and see what happens? And I bet it'll still be absolute gold. <laughs> like, it takes some doing with that field yeah. for it to then go wrong, even if there was no Vince McMahon at all. And the fact that he was the one with the heaviest hand on these guys... Like, it's just a reminder of, like, well, there were quite a few reasons why yeah. Raw was winning. It's like me if I took over, like, managing Man City or something. Like, mm. I think, you know, with my limited football knowledge, I could probably go, uh, Harland to Proyne. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're quite good. Cancelo Diaz. Just go out there and play some football. <laughs> All-time Hall of Fame bench, just in case something needs to come off. Vince Russo, and he doesn't talk about it enough. Grealish. In my opinion, he does not talk about this enough because I was a devoted... We've talked about this in the podcast a lot, but I think it's worth repeating, and then we've given a bit of balance yeah. in case he goes and shoots on you again. Um, the, I was a devotee of the Raw magazine from around... When launched in 96 through to about 2003, 2004. And in 97, it was, uh, Vince McMahon storming in into a room with Jim Ross and Jim Cornette and Gerald Briscoe and a few other of his, like, trusted aides, his top table, as it were, at the time, and ha- holding this copy of Raw and slamming it on the desk and saying, our TV needs to be this. Mm. Badge of honour stuff for me. That story's out there. That's been confirmed by the people in the room who are best, I imagine, weren't best pleased with this interview. <laughs> no. So a magazine writer. Like, I think that's quite amazing. I would be carrying that one around as, like, well, I had him there. Like, you saw something in me creatively, yeah, and then that yeah, was yeah. able to bleed on screen, and it's part of such an integral year in WWE's history. Live and die by that, mate. Mm. Not by, I was so goddamn influential, WCW paid the big bucks. Oh, then what happened? <laughs> Final comment here comes from The Bat, and it, it popped me, so I thought it might pop you. The video from 23 years ago, The Bat's gone back, just like I have, and watched this, yeah. related to current events, and written... <laughs> I love the fact that Jeff's wife helped beat up old man Flair as well. <laughs> That's a life partner right there. This thing is over, man. This thing is all the way over. Like, I think a great man said uh, SummerSlam is the setup for Ric Flair's last match. <laughs> but it's as if this podcast has been the same. My word. Thanks once again, though, to Anthony Craig, Thank you, Anthony uh, Craig. for this week's five star review. Just the main review. event left now, is it? And then we're done. <laughs> you wish. Yeah. Uh, if you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related, uh, subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes. And, uh, yeah, do that instead of a god-awful segment on Monday Night Raw. Thanks, Anthony. Anthony. <laughs> Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, let's return to Monday Night Raw then, because like you say... Uh, we started off with uh, a DQ. Uh, Drew McIntyre was about to claim more theory, and then the brawling brutes got involved, and then Lashley ran down to make the save. And then we got Lashley versus Lashley and McIntyre versus Theory and Sheamus. This also featured interference and distraction finish, so I'm going to fly through it. Um, Lashley looked great in here. Delayed vertical suplex on Sheamus. Hits a flatliner on Theory. Uh, goes to spear Theory through a barricade. Nice spot, though, where Sheamus just cuts him off with this huge knee strike. Um... Eventually, though, uh, Lashley makes a blind tag, gives Theory a chokeslam. Sheamus breaks up the cover with a flying knee strike. McIntyre wipes out Sheamus. Sheamus pokes him in the eye and gives him a white noise on the outside. Theory sets up for his finisher, but suddenly gets distracted by his Dolph Ziggler at ringside. And that allows Lashley to apply the hurt lock for the submission victory. And then Theory got super kicked as he was leaving by the Usos. And Reigns put the briefcase on his chest and says, don't forget to bring that on Saturday. I think this was drab match to build a match trash for the body of the match itself. Um, it's really weird and like unsettling to me that Theory is in about four programs and the least important one is the one he's got the big match with Lashley. At yeah. So Lashley's such a spare part in Theory's life, basically. <laughs> Never mind this match. Um, I got a sneaking feeling that Ziggler's going to end up being a mentor figure to Theory. And yeah. They might have the match, but it might all be a bit of a swerve. And. Ziggler's looking at Theory and going like, I've seen what's happened to you, kid, because it happened to me too. And he's going to take him under his wing and they're going to be the just the biggest, mouthiest losers ever. Like, Theory's already got a Hall of Fame loser stable to his name and I'm worried he's going to form the second. Uh, we got a great video package uh, featuring the likes of JBL, Kurt Angle, Kofi, Batista, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, John Cena... Uh, talking about his incredible 20 years, mm. uh, showing him in his early SmackDown run, taking out Lance Storm and Christian, jumping off the steel cage. Uh, and then, of course, the 2006 Royal Rumble, winning the world title at WrestleMania 22. And him and his son become the first father-son duo to win tag titles in WWE. And then we see Ray, Dominic, Aaliyah, and Angie. I've missed Angie. Yep. Arriving the at gang. the building uh, for a big night. And uh, before the celebration, we had the cryptic video and then Ziggler chatting with... Oh, hang on. Ziggler's backstage <laughs> chatting with... Uh, Kevin Patrick! Um, and he says, uh, Theory, uh, you've risen fast, but you haven't done anything to deserve it. And AJ Styles says, yeah, I agree. <laughs> and then Alpha Academy comes in, does Alpha Academy annoying stuff. Great. Yeah. Juice, please. Juice. Juice. 
Uh, and then they have a match set up. Just remembered your pitch in the office about like Chad Gable with TV 14. Shoosh! Fucking shoosh, please! <laughs> shoosh! Shoosh! Up! <laughs> then it's time for the uh, 20th anniversary celebration for Ray. Uh, get a nice thank you, Ray Chant. He cut a great promo. Talked about mm. wrestling at 14 years old in Tijuana, never imagining imagining that he'd be able to perform in a WWE ring, travel world, make money, create legendary rivalries for the crowd to enjoy. Um, he said, look, people my size weren't part of... Back then, uh, he broke the blueprint of what a superstar should look like. He was a smaller guy, proud Latino, went on to win the world title. He thanked Dean Malenko. He thanked K-Dog, Conan. Uh, he thanked Batista, Kurt Angle, Edge, and, of course, Eddie Guerrero. Oh, that hit me, I'll mm. be honest. Um, and it, it you know, got to him as well, the crowd chant for Eddie. Chokes up, talks about how much he missed him, thanked him for always watching over him. Uh, he said he was humbled, he was appreciative of the love and support the fans had given him over the years, um, and it meant so much more to celebrate with his family. He gets a You Deserve It chant. He thanks Angie and Aaliyah for always being there, and talked about how proud he was of Dominic, and that, that Dominic would mis- represent the Mysterio legacy, even when he no longer could. He thanked the fans for accepting him, the most awesome 20 years. He especially wants to thank the fans Right here tonight, here in Madison Square Garden, he speaks in Spanish and he finishes with Viva Mirasa. He gets a big uh, reaction for that and then we see, oh, here they come, the bloody judgment day. Mm-hmm. Finn Balor and Damian Priest sarcastically applauding and coming through the crowd. Ominous, but a lovely, a lovely speech, I thought this. Yeah, this was good, this. And Ray being the type of figure he is, we've got, like, it's 2022 has got, like, a number of, 20th years, isn't it? So we've just had the John Cena one. Slammiversary was making a big thing about, like, TNA being 20 years old. They did an Orton one, do you remember that? Yeah. And it was kind of something or nothing, really, but, like, the you know, 2002 had a lot of things going on in WWE. Too many, if anything. Uh. Um, but it was... This was what felt one of the more profound ones, because, obviously, what they've been able to do here is... Yeah, Ray's been in WWE 20 years, but we'll not talk about the big gap he took in the middle of that 20 years. <laughs> and we'll mention that his career started when he was 14, yeah. which was a good, like eight years or something before he arrived in WWE. Mm. They've just been able to fold that together. It was quite neatly done. And this is probably the best place to bring it up because obviously we're going to revisit this feud quite a lot with the matches and the angles and all that sort of stuff. The Eddie Guerrero stuff has been more pronounced in the matches lately, hasn't it? And here tonight, it was quite a touching tribute. That's great, right, yeah. Right? And Rhea attacked when she makes a return. Sorry, a jump head spoiler. She was wearing the I'm Your Pappy t-shirt, mm-hmm. which looks rabble-rousing when you're in a room full of Mysterios, of course. Dominic's mullet that we've been wanting him to get shaved off for quite a while is that part of what we're doing here? And when and people that have listened know that we've predicted when it is he's going to turn, so we don't yeah. need to go over that ground again. They, they know when it is that we've said he's going to turn. But when that turn comes, is that why this haircut is being allowed to roam the way it has done? Like, was this the night where they showed you? Because they didn't in the match as well, didn't they? And if anything, like, the heels were trying to use the Eddie Guerrero thing, and the Mysterios were being like, eh, eh, eh. Mm-hmm. Like, we've... This is an hour, like, bloodline, for the want of a better phrase, not yours. Was this the night where this idea was solidified? And when the turn occurs, as we projected, uh, it's what it's going to be about. Like, you were never as good a father figure to me as my Uncle Eddie. Like, he wanted to fight for me even then. You were, you were made to do it. Or like, like, was that what all of this was about? And he's like, you can imagine Dominic doing one of his terrible promos, but like, remember in the garden, remember that night, like, it was still more about Uncle Eddie than it was about me, wasn't it? Like, well, now I'm more about Uncle Eddie than I'm about you. Oh. And, like, like the T-shirt, just the whole thing. Like, the, the very, very, very Eddie stuff of late 
feels like an easy route for them to travel down if and when they do do the Dominic turn, which will take place exactly when we projected mm-hmm. it to, which I don't need to repeat that day because uh, we've said it enough. LTSM, long-term story mullet. Very nice. <laughs> That's a great show. Long-term mullet growing, LTMG. Did LTMG do kids? Was that them? MGMT. Oh, MGMT. Yeah. Uh, right, so it's the Mysterios versus the Judgment Day. And uh, yeah, this is possibly another sign of a new regime in terms of the fact they aren't just going to like beat him. Beat yeah. on his big celebration. Yeah. He just got a lovely, you know, they got a, a decent match. It looked like the Judgment Day probably would have had the match won if they hadn't decided to go full Eddie, basically. Yeah. Priest catches Dominic when he's trying for a dive, chucks him into the barricade. Ray Mysterio makes a hot tag. Springboard crossbody to Damian Priest. Kicks a seated sent on for two. Priest survives back with a thrust kick for a two count. Goes for a razor's edge. Ray brings him down with a hurricane runner, though. Sets up for the 6-1-9. But Balor blind tags in and just wrecks Ray with a clothesline. Hits a shotgun drop kick. Hits a coup de grace, and you're like, oh, my God. Not like this. But Dominic <laughs> sides, uh, dives in to save his dad. Um... Ballot brings the chair in, does the old whoop. Referee's distracted, just chuck the chair to Ray, but the referee's still distracted. So Ray clocks him with it yep. and then chucks him the chair and takes a bump. And uh, uh, Ballot's pleading with the referee. So Ray drops both members of Judgment Day on the ropes. Double 619 from both the Mysterios. And a, a frog splash from Ray Mysterio gets the one, two, three. Huge pop. And a nice celebration afterwards. Great stuff. Yeah, the fans were absolutely there for the finish if they weren't so much there for the match. But you can understand that because it feels this pairing of these two teams feels like really old hat at this point. Mm. And it was, I think, inadvertently telling that you mentioned, you know, a sign of a new era here. Like the Mysterio's got to go over. And it's like, yeah, but is that new era also doing what the old one is? Because this has been booked for SummerSlam. Like the match has been, they did this result in order to try and reheat it for SummerSlam in the ways in which we'll describe later on the show. I could do without this again on Sunday, having just had it, but we think we know what the added ingredient will be then. Mm-hmm. Electric chair. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously. Uh, we see uh, Titus O'Neil and Cody Rhodes with Brandy at the ESPYs, and then we're backstage with the celebration for mm. the Mysterios. By the way, another thing we should point out, when people were watching the match on telly backstage and we saw uh, Angie and uh, Leah and stuff mm-hmm. like that watching it, Watching TV normally. Yeah. Face on. Big change. I mean, and I also like the idea of people, someone, there was one lad in the first time they showed it, they didn't show the Mysterio family, they just showed people watching. Yeah. And there was a bloke about two yards away from the telly going, come on! Like, I was like, you're going to get spit all over my telly, he mate. He was so distractingly loud during the beatdown as well. Oh! Oh! Like that. Another new era sign, another new uh, uh, Triple H has got the pencil, was uh, I didn't see any... Uh, Hall of Famers mixing, catching up. Didn't see uh, Maxine and Jim Duggan having a, <laughs> having a powwow at this dreadful looking party. They can't make parties look good on this show, can they? No. My word. They just look like terrible times. Mm. Yeah. Time to go through a WWE. They need Wilborn. They need Force of Wilborn yeah. to kick the door down and like. see a party. Get it till next, next Saturday. I'll show you a party. <laughs> Still time to send your um, presents or just straight money to the What Culture offices for my birthday, by the way, if you want to do that. Straight money. Just straight money. Post cash. And you know what? If you think, if you're listening to this, obviously some people don't listen on the day. Mm. If you listen to this a week from now or literally before the 8th of August, mm-hmm. panic ye not. I'll post like a Venmo link on my Twitter or something. You can just send it off. <laughs> I was just going to say, Venmo? More like Venno. Post me your money. <laughs> Cash in the book. Cash in, it is the worst thing. You were the worst guy. Like if these, 
If these envelopes show up to the office, oh my god, cashing, like the pressure on you to like say, right, what causes are you going to name? And it's like, uh, I'll get your cause. It's called Greg's. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. I got your cause right here. <laughs> don't say, please don't send actual pressure. Don't to send cash in the post. Just, yeah. I got on. your stroke it's right a, here. It's, it's a, a fiver. It's just a joke. I got your joke right here. Please don't send money <laughs> to the office. It's just a joke. Anyway, so they're celebrating. Ray does a shot of tequila. And I thought, that gives me flashbacks to the stag do I went on the other week. That oh. made me feel a little bit ill. Uh, Aaliyah's got a gift for him. It was his gear from Halloween Havoc 1997, or was it? I think it was this time. Okay, fair enough. Happy to uh, valid. I'll be the one of those like verification things you get on eBay. I'm just like burning down Brombreaker's museum. <laughs> it's like, oh, fake, mate. Um, I-, I said this to you in the office. Mm. Is that a gift? Mm. I don't know. It's like, you like know- if I steal your shoes and go, here you go, mate, happy birthday, and it's yeah. your shoes. <laughs> I, I don't go, remember these? These are your shoes from last week. You have to buy new ones to replace these. Depends how meaningful the shoes are, doesn't yeah. it? Like, if they were ones that Wale himself gifted me at Wale Mania, then I'd maybe want them back. Yeah. And not, not to brag or anything. But if I, like, stole your picture with Kevin Nash and went, remember that picture of you and Kevin Nash? Here it is. I've got, I've got it signed. What, by Diesel? No, me. <laughs> I've signed over his face. I will have one over his face. Oh! I will have one over his face, and you notice that I've uh, drawn a dick on yours. Happy birthday. Anyway, here oh comes... God, Matt Rain's going to do that digitally. <laughs> here comes oh, no. a returning, as you mentioned, Rhea Ripley. Thank goodness. Great yes. to see her back, as you mentioned, in the I'm Your Pappy t-shirt. Aaliyah tries to get into it with her, and I was like, what is going on here? The Buddy Murphy Derby, as I described. <laughs> I didn't realise A line either. from The Office that I love. Oop, it's my X and my six. Because I believe Buddy Murphy, I believe, is dating Rhea Ripley in real... Apologies if I've got that one wrong. Is dating Rhea Ripley in real life, and... Uh, well, lest we forget the uh, weird and not cool relationship <laughs> yep. they teased on television. It was really bad. Yeah, awful. <laughs> really, man. really bad. Uh, yeah, they didn't mention uh, Rey Mysterio losing an eye in the 20 <laughs> years either, I just realised. Anyway. Imagine, that would be the thing, wouldn't it? This is the thing about WWE is that, like, they obviously pick and choose the moments that matter. If this were real, Vince Russo, it is supposed to be. You're going with that, aren't you? Yeah. Like... Like, Eddie Guerrero's a big one. Like, lost my friend, won a big title in tribute to him. Like, legit big moment. Didn't mention the WWE Championship either, by the way. No, I didn't come up, did it? Anything else significant? Anything at all? Like, points at eye. <laughs> Anything, Dad? Lost use of your eye? Lost sight for months? Lockdown during pandemic? I cannot see? Dad? <laughs> I also love the fact that that storyline was... Right, it's gone so far. One of us is losing an eye, and Ramesh lost his eye, and Seth Rollins vomited, and then the... A few months later, it got better. (laughs) (laughs) Got a new eye. New eye better. Like Uso's better in the comments. New eye better. You would mention that. I know it's a dark point, but you'd be like, remember that time you lost an eye? (laughs) What did you do after uh, taking Ray's eye, Seth? Uh, Don't say beating his son. Don't say beating his son. Don't say beating his son. Beating his wife? (laughs) And he could never, and you would have abs- just and you would have absolutely and decked him if she was alive. At one point, that's my very do some hands. Oh bloody hell! What they did to his son and me, Jimmy, husband. And she just stood there. My son's beating up. My husband's blind and handcuffed. <laughs> my, my daughter's entered a seriously problematic relationship with his mate. Uh, anyway, <laughs> see you next week, guys. And your Mysterio out. I just pulls on a collar. Uh-oh. I, I'm going to head out with Andrew Mysterio. <laughs> anyway, Rhea Ripley's back. What the actual, a few months later, <laughs> could have been was like, 
like, can Ray and Seth co- can Ray and Seth coexist on Team Raw? <laughs> like they're both in red T-shirts or something. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it is the stupidest thing they have ever done in terms of storylines. You cannot. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, you were saying before, you can't put the toothpaste back. In, you can't put the eye back in the socket. <laughs> like that is the stupidest. Well, he can. So- You've just got to be Vader. <laughs> he, just, he just pushes it back in. Remember that mask for a bit. Oh, you have to uh, sew some black felt over one of my <laughs> eyes. Why? Can you not say I've not got one? <laughs> oh, yeah. Complete eyeball missing. You're going to get that fixed? Yeah, the doctor give me three months. Reattached eye. Your minority report or something. <laughs> got some, I've got some eyes in it. Just, you cannot. It's it's the it's the worst. Yeah. Anyway, so, Rhea Ripley's back. Great news. Uh, she gets into it with Aaliyah, but it's all a big distraction, so they can attack the Mysterios, uh, and they slam Ray through a table, I got distracted. I didn't write much of the stuff down because Finn Balor's line killed me. Potter. It's not your anniversary. It's my birthday. <laughs> Proper. Put the bag on his effing head. Uh, <laughs> Balor's Debert. back, baby. Yeah, big pop rubber line. And look, yeah, the attack, Damien Priest puts him through the table, doesn't he? That's a big attack. Uh, so it got reported. Uh, Triple H, I got the pencil, brother, and uh, my pencil is going to be used to dial the numbers on the phone and make another phone call. It's not Mr. Worldwide this time. Bring, 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 bring. Hello? You what? Well, I'm at, no, I'm at the, I'm at the fucking airport. I've just said bye to Beth and the kids. It's a two-hour drive. I live in the woods, Paul. <laughs> it's a two-hour drive just to get an Uber to the airport. What? For fuck's sake. Edge told not even to bother traveling. Yeah. Like, turn up at SummerSlam, we assume. But, like, travel plans cancelled. So Edge was coming back, and they were like, save it. As if to suggest, everybody fucking knows. Yes. <laughs> like, it's okay for things not to be a surprise. Yeah. I don't mind the booking. Like, Rhea Ripley returns, so now the Mysterios are victims of a numbers game. So on Sunday, And Ray's not 100% because he was beaten up here, and then you think, like, well, that's okay. Normally they can recover in the time. He's already selling his arm, his shoulder, his yeah. stuff. And then in the back, this is later on, in the back, uh, Dominic chases off Balor and Priest, and Rhea Ripley just comes in. I love Rhea Ripley, man. Put the world title on her. Yeah. I don't know which world title, because I love it on Bianca Belair as well, and on Liv Morgan, but... Some world, I don't know, but I, I said to Andy again, it's really lucky she got injured because, mm-hmm. like, she'd have lost to Bianca Belair because it's just starting out. Yeah. Now you're like, oh, I don't know. She just comes in and nails Ray on the, on the arm. Bro. I want to, I want to see like, uh, and they go, so happy, hey, truck I ray, I ray happy twentieth. Somebody came and for me, Castlevine. I think um, Dominic checked on Ray like. <laughs> Going to be replaced. Is Ray going to be replaced by Edge? I don't know if Ray's going to be replaced. All the Mysterios are in trouble, and then Edge makes the return. What if they said they just didn't say he's been replaced, but Edge just dresses up as Ray Mysterio, and they go, "Here's Ray. He's got hair hanging in the back of it. It's Ray. He's not. He's got the short hair. It's perfect. Oh yeah, good point. Perfect crime. Other than the fact he's like a foot and a half taller. He's like Booyaka. Just six one nine. Just falls off the ropes. Is Ray all right? He's fine. Ghost is doing do his hair thing that he does when he does the spear and just starts rubbing the mask. Spit. I mean, Ray, Ray, Ray. <laughs> it's what I've always done. It's my Ray chant. Yeah. Ray, Ray, Ray. <laughs> Viva la... Hang on, let me just get my um, dictionary out. <laughs> my English to Spanish dictionary. What am I saying? Anyway, there was a segment next with the Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. Bianca Belair goes to put a cut up and immediately gets interrupted by Becky Lynch. And Belair's doing a catchphrase, and Lynch just chins her, mm. and they get into a big brawl. Good, they didn't need any more, to be honest. No, quite like this. Short and to the point, ready for the match. Like, the, the five-minute thing they aired on, maybe on SmackDown or maybe on Raw last week, of just, like, this history of them two, and the 
Yeah, it's a year-long saga. I like that video on Raw last week. That was the one they only had about half an hour to put together after the match was confirmed. Good point, yeah. yeah. Big fan of that. Uh, Right, this was when uh, Sarah Schreiber was in the gorilla position with Alexa Bliss talking Mm. about facing Dewdrop, and she says, sorry, facing She says, look, I don't don't blame her for asking for this match again, but what's going on with her and Nikki A.S.H.? Like... You're not gaining anything from it. Mm-hmm. Like me and Lily. Lily's just a doll. It's just a stupid little doll. <laughs> uh, but she's her own independent thing. She makes a load of bloody money. Yeah. Number one on WWE <laughs> shop. And then she says, right, but enough of all that. I don't give about this bollocks. And I was like, good, you're Alexa Bliss. And she went, Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. I'm coming for whoever wins. I'm going to win the belt for whoever wins. She said belt, I think. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to take come and fight whoever. Belt or was it title? Title, way, something like that. Championship, yeah. I'm going to come in for you after SummerSlam. And I was like, there she is. Oh, that was easy, wasn't it? We didn't need weeks and months of vignettes. And we're going to see a doctor and goo and all this. Yeah. She just went, oh, yeah, this is a stupid doll. And uh, I'm Alexa Bliss. So and I'm a former world champion and I'm coming for the title after SummerSlam. Great. Sort of amazing because as we've laid out in a lot of detail, Triple H can't just do. Like all your dreams and all your fantasies, they might have to wait until he gradually gets the things in place he wants to. Until... For a bit, he can. And this was a perfect example of that. Character, in the mud, for fucking years, as a result of a goddamn fiend who I want back. But, like, let's be honest, like, that was the beginning of the end for Alexa Bliss. Um, and all of a sudden, Triple H looks at somebody that once he had as a fantastic pet project, who was a prodigious talent, who got the call up and, for a change, wasn't botched by the main roster, yeah. and then was. And he was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, even when they get it wrong, they ruin it. And he must have just been like banging his head against the wall, thinking about, we all reflect humorously on the day where Vince is like, right then, loser, give me four more. I'm like, what? I want four more. I want your best four. <laughs> Don't fob me off with Lars Sullivan again. I'm not stupid. I want your best four. Him, 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 him. I mean, they're quite short. I him, I want him. <laughs> like, right, we're there in my biggest rivalry for the title at the next day. Tag team. Right there. <laughs> Yeah, but like he's like a kind of high flyer, and he's like it's, we're doing this whole like goth thing. Another tag team, <laughs> right, Dad? Like he must have just honest. There must have been some really hard days for Triple H, and that's funny because Karma is a bitch. But like this was him being like enough, enough. Mm. I liked her. It worked before. It's going to work again. This felt like a man just for a second flexing some power, and it was for the betterment of Alexa Bliss. Big, big fan of this. Mm. Big fan of it. I mean, she just came out and won in like four minutes. Imagine <laughs> because it was just. There was no 24-7 bollocks. Nah. Like, granted, the crowd wasn't super into it, but why should they be? They need, like, six more weeks of this. Yeah. Like, sure commitment. Sure. And again... Nikki ASH has got history with this, so she tries to distract yeah. In fact, she, she, she gets knocked off the ropes when she goes for Twisted Bliss at one point. But Bliss was just like, oh, I'm Alexa Bliss. So Dewdrop goes to the Power Slam, and Bliss just reverses it into a DDT for the win. Good. Just NXT fingerprints all over this. A character says, I'm going to do a thing, does that thing, and it might feel a little bit boring, it might feel a bit played for a few more weeks, but the point is you're putting credibility back in the bank. Uh, then Logan Paul's backstage with AJ Styles. AJ Styles said, um, hey, hey, kid, I like what you did to the Miz earlier. Love AJ on this role, by the way. Hey, uh, Logan Paul, you're all right, actually, like, earlier on. Dolph Ziggler, you're all right, too. <laughs> I'm starting to think it's going to be all right around it. As Triple H, like, used AJ Styles as his avatar for, like, the locker room's good now. Yeah. He's like, AJ Styles, this, like, figure of respect and authority going backstage, giving people the nod of approval. Like, he's the, is he the new Undertaker? Yeah. Like, there, you have my respect. Like, uh, AJ, I've, uh, like, I'd, I'd love to sit down and maybe talk about uh, democratic policy and, uh, you know, sort of like, what, what the... I just said you have my respect. Don't push it, kid. That, that's, well, AJ, thanks so much. And I suppose you could say, 
That's what makes the world go round. You fucking white. <laughs> Listen, I, uh, I enjoy watching the news like everybody else. You do your own research. You get yourself on YouTube. There's uh, something I like to see on Friday. Is a guy got a big-ass microphone. Another guy got a fucking eel. And those two have been talking to me about flat Friday. <laughs> Finally, they're speaking my language. They're describing the way the world works. <laughs> Uh, that's a lot of the fact he went, I don't really like that much. <laughs> I don't know you. So. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, okay, he is a knobhead, but you don't know him, so maybe he's not as much of a knobhead. Score draw with AJ Styles. Because they were like, well, we can't come out and say... Basically, this was LTST for Logan Paul hasn't got any friends. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's about to get his head caved in, and you're going to be like, oh, I would go out and save him, but I don't really know him that well, and I've got a match. AJ and the rest of Madison Square Garden, exactly as we forecast. Guy's an asshole. Surely Logan Paul should have some sort of entourage. Mm. Like I've seen that, like when he does, he did, he did a video the other day with the Sidemen. You see, I'm, I'm on, on my YouTube gimmick, right? He's hanging out with KSI and the rest of the Sidemen, and he's got his lads from the Impulsive. Why didn't he just get him? Lads, you want a free ticket backstage to Madison Square Garden? You might have to help me though, because someone might. He's got a mate, so he might kick my head in. Come out and just maybe at least try and make a save. Do you think he was thinking like I know we're jumping ahead here to the, the segment, but do you think we're on it next anyway? He got a fist bump from AJ Styles when he was impulsive. Do you think he was thinking that like if I go out with an entourage, it's going to just add to the more reasons people would hate me because I've got all these hanger ons and stuff like that? Do you see with the drink and he was like, "What was that here? Like here, you can have it. It's yours. You called this, didn't you? Like get, said it. Get Watch his, for the prize. Getting his, getting his drink on it. But like he did it in this way where like he's had a big drink. Like post COVID, man. <laughs> Oh, a lovely drink. <laughs> Here you go, kid, all yours. I'll be like, no, keep it, mate. Like, no, I don't want that. Yeah, if they'd have done it with, like, uh, Cody's belt, have it back. Yeah. Don't want it. Unless it's the grape flavour, I don't it's want it. It's just a drink, man. Yeah. You can take it. Oh, thanks very much for your half-finished drink with your spittle in, you gross pig. We'll take that in the UK. We can't get our hands on Prime for love and money. Well, yeah, I suppose, like, if somebody, if, if you were in the crowd and you're listening to this and you've got that bottle, send it over. We'll, well stick it in the, the set and the prop in the studio. You say that. Might be working on a little something. What? I may well be. Uh, let me see if uh, where I was at. There we go. Shout out to Dana. That's all I'll say. Not Dana White. I don't okay. think. No, not with that email address. It's not Dana White. But keep your eyes and ears and lips peeled. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if that was his campaign. Peel your lips. It's Logan. It's Logan Paul's prime. Want a bottle of prime? Peel them lips. <laughs> So anyway, uh, Logan Paul, smartly enough, comes out for Impulsive TV. The crowd aren't sure, and they go, he goes, my brother's fighting, and they're like, well, we like you more than Jake Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Jake Paul. Um, start to get a lesser of two evils chant going. Ugh. Uh, and he said, uh, they're doing Impulsive TV, it's better than Miz TV, blah, blah, blah. He calls out Miz, Miz doesn't come out, he calls out Miz, Miz doesn't come out, he calls out Miz. And then, instead of Miz coming out, oh my God. out comes Maurice. Jesus Christ, man. She's got a... Uh, a handbag that looks like a pair of walls. <laughs> cool yourself down, right? Peel your lips and have a drink of Prime. She comes out and she starts talking about walls. See, you see a little, little poise, a little handbag, a couple walls, a couple balls now. Handbag and a yam bag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, she plugged a Miz. coin purse. She plugged Miz and Misses like that needs plugging. Rampage needs plugging. Rampage um, could never. Um, <laughs> <laughs> huh? <laughs> Titch, what? It's smoked in the demo. <laughs> she didn't appreciate Logan Paul's moment about her husband's genitalia. Genitalia. Like, when she was saying that, I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> Talked about his baggage. Uh, and then she said, 
Did you know, my favourite bit, did you know the average size man's testicles are this big? And Paul went, who the fuck measures the testicles? This is best, this might be the best person from ever. He walks out and goes, I do. <laughs> I measure my balls. This might have got tiny balls over. The idea of is with his ball ruler. I get average size balls. <laughs> Confirmed. I googled it. And then he was like, you're getting big match mitts at SummerSlam. I was like, the Who's that? And then he was like, time to read Wikipedia when I beat John Cena at WrestleMania in the main event, neglecting to mention that The Rock quite got heavily got involved, and I can't even remember that match because I got a horrific concussion. It's like, imagine him saying, like, uh, are you going to face big match Miz at SummerSlam? It's, it's my new gimmick. <laughs> I love the Miz, but go on. I'm going to try. <laughs> try. Speaking of try. Try. Uh, Lo- Logan Paul tries to talk about his balls again. Maurice smacks the mic out of his hand. Um, Paul says, check it out. Your wife's got bigger balls than you have, Miz. That was a nice line. All about balls. Uh, anyway, in comes Champa. Hopefully, for one of the last times, he's going to be Mrs. Lackey now. So-and-so's in charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logan Paul fights him off. He tackles Miz, and they double-team him. Numbers game catches up to him. As I said, Logan Paul hasn't got any friends, uh, and he gets hit with a school crusher for nine, and then the crowd chant one more time. Yeah, this man. This was completely arse backwards. Fans absolutely on this, exactly as you would have projected they would. Uh, it was a stupid decision to give him it in the first place. I understand. I could be wrong about this. I try not to engage too much in his life and content, but I understand that Logan Paul is very keen on re, um, reimagining his in public Rehabilitating him. He has done, yes. And part of that is being the baby face on WWE television. Um, you don't get to tell people that you are the good guy now. Yes. They've got to believe it first. And as a result, as you say, arse backwards is exactly right. Uh, and this was a hell of an advert for what The Miz does when we can't really see it because Logan Paul, as a man out there, could not command the ring. He didn't have the presence mm. for it. And that's in complete contrast to what it felt like when he was wrestling at WrestleMania in a pair of trunks. So there he is in wrestling gear, potentially exposed to the world, and he looked like he belonged. This, the other bit of being a WWE superstar, these long talky segments, he died, man. This absolutely died. Yeah. The Miz got out there and then it kind of like got back on track until you realise that they're all Madison Square Garden is cheering for the heel. In a weird way, this might be a blessing in disguise because hopefully Tra is backstage yep. watching this going, right, enough of these bollocks segments. Mm-hmm. Done with this. Maybe keep the KO show because KO rules. Does, well, but does he win with a nut shot at uh, like SummerSlam and then they're like, well, Logan Paul must have been uh, precision training to be able to yes! hit, that, hit that target. You know, and then Remember it's that like, for the preview. Bit of a heel. Oh, you're not here the rest of this week. Bollocks. You can steal that if you want. If Remember that with, for the review. If, if that you're with Murray doing. or something, and you steal that insight, and you'll be like, I've got this brilliant idea, oh, Murray, for the finish. No one snitched. Like, no one snitched out. I'm 100% <laughs> going to claim that. Uh, but you're, you're watching. You're doing the live stream, aren't you, for yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Phil Chambers. Phil Ch- poor Phil Chambers. <laughs> I'm, uh, how long has this review gone? Really long? Uh, long, yeah. Well, I'm going to keep it going a bit longer. On uh, Saturday, I'm doing a 400-mile round trip to see the same band play two separate gigs. And then and to be fair, you've never seen them before, have you? Like, what's 20 times between friends? <laughs> like, and uh, then coming back up to get back to Newcastle just in time to head straight into the office and do the live stream. I think with Phil, uh, yeah, for SummerSlam. Because I, uh, because in my life, I love the things that I love. Yeah. My wife and kids are cool too. Uh, Kevin Patrick's interviewing the street props and the users. They're going back and forth. And then in comes the real star of the show, Jeff Jarrett. Jesus Christ. Stands between them. They exchange words and he tells them all to shut up. Speaking of kids. Keep the peace or else. My God, this, I, I get it. Like, I appreciate them doing summer holiday stress content for the parents out there. But Jeff Jarrett stepping between these children and going, shut up! And then turning and going, shut up! And then shutting up! 
couldn't have made them more look like stupid little fools amongst Jeff Jarrett, who has been walking around dressed as a referee for two weeks. If anyone's a child, it's like like when my kids are going to like a superhero theme party, they want to wear those outfits for as long as possible. You buy frigging Iron Man or whatever, and then it's like, Dad, can I put the Iron Man stuff on? Party's not till next week. You better not spill anything on it. Okay, okay. You fucking spill something. Iron Man. Iron Man's got to go in the fucking wash. Mm. Like, oh no, Iron Man's kryptonite, Ribena. <laughs> <laughs> like, just I hope Jeff is not drinking any. Like, I hope that he's drinking Prime and it's like Prime Clear. <laughs> what was it like? Peel. I'm Jeff Jarrett and I peeled my lips for this Prime Clear because if he spills Prime on that referee shirt, well, he's only got himself to blame. Exactly. He's walking around in it for a week. Uh, then it was time for the Alpha Academy versus AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler, this weird new tag team mm-hmm. they seem to have formed. You're all right. Uh, Chad Gable tells New York to not to boo an Olympian uh, or boo uh, um, a man with a master's degree who did it with a 4.0 GPA. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Oh, I love him so much. and yeah. He might have a chance now. Uh, although he lost here. <laughs> he said, uh, the island you live in is going to collapse under the weight of all the human garbage. <laughs> Got that. And uh, he said, Ziggler Styles aren't going to fail, ju- are going to fail as a team, just like, insert local team name here, the New York Knicks. <laughs> um, Alpha Academy, oh, he's looked great here. Mm. Just wrecking dudes. Obviously, Dolph Ziggler bumping all over the place for him. Uh, he dropped Styles onto the barricade, did Otis. Uh, Ziggler came in at one point, just got nailed with this flailing arm of Otis's. Uh, Gay will hit that chaos theory suplex of his, which always looks great. Yeah. Goes for a moonsault. Ziggler dodges it, hits a super kick. Otis breaks up the cover. Um, Ziggler and Styles work together to take him out. And Gables goes again to do that rolling suplex thing that he does. Um, but Styles grabs onto the ropes. So Gable just rolls through straight into a zigzag. One, two, three. This was a great finish, I thought. Yeah, good finish. Good match. Um, a really good return for Dolph Ziggler. Chad Gable continues to be the perfect slotting guy for literally any match, any rivalry, any feud, anything in WWE. I think Chad Gable can make better, uh, and this was evidence of it. AJ Styles um, is this like perennial favourite, and Dolph Ziggler's got all this cash in the bank. But with the greatest respect to Ziggler, especially, especially on Raw, they're not the guarantee of like a mini ripper of a match. No. They know when they need to turn it on and when they can hold back and just kind of go through the motions. I don't know that Gable has a go through the motion setting nope. on his back. I think he only knows to just electrify. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, really, really like this. And fingers crossed more Chad Gable going forward in this new era. Oh, yes, please. Uh, they run through the SummerSlam card and they confirm that the no DQ match between the Mysterious and the Judgment Day has been added. And then it was time for the main event. And I saved a load of time on entrances here. Yeah. Uh, it was the Bloodline, Roman Reigns and the Tag Team Champs, the Usos versus the Street Profits and Riddle. Um, and this was just a load of fun, I thought. It was a really enjoyable main event. They gave it a finish, and they, they had their cake and cake, cake, ate it too. Cake and, <laughs> they had their cake and ate it too in terms of the fact they got a finish, but you also got the riddle. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? Rollins. That's Rollins. Uh, Rollins shenanigans as well. So immediately or early on, Ford wipes out the Usos with his bonkers flip dive that takes us to a break when we come back the users are in control at one point Ford yells acknowledge me at Roman Reigns and this bit <laughs> me that thinks oh maybe you could be the guy one day I'd like to watch that please because um, they did it before didn't they did a match on Smackdown but it yeah. was like you're too green and too young yeah yeah uh, Reigns cuts off Ford with the Uranagi uh, and at one point Ford as I mentioned a long long time ago Ford got busted wide open I think getting dropped on the turnbuckle and just smashing his nose a little bit but they didn't cut away. They didn't stop the match. They no. Promising <laughs> signs. No, I don't want blood in everything. I want blood very sparsely to begin with because we've got it 
overkill in my opinion. It wasn't disruptive in, here, in was it? Yeah, that too. Yeah. Like accidental stuff like this is fine. Mm-hmm. I don't need any Brock Lesnar, SummerSlam, Orton match kind of hard way in, but I also don't want too much blading to begin with. It's so bizarre, isn't it? It's like uh, PG's finally gone, so there's going to be no more Brock Lesnar scooping out people's brains with the point of his elbow. Yeah. Like, how, how did that become a thing instead of just a, a nick with a razor blade? I was blade? watching, like, a top 10 Brock Lesnar SummerSlam moments, and that was in it, and I was like, ooh, was this a moment, or was this just oh, like... one's dying out there. <laughs> and then that was another one where Shane McMahon was like, I'll deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just caved Randy Orton's head in. What are you going to do, Chris Shane? Jericho's backstage thinking oh, it's care- a shoot. Yeah, like- careful, lads. He's going to sweat on us. <laughs> anyway, uh, bloodline work over Ford after another break. Reigns knocks Angelo Dawkins uh, off the apron. As he uh, set up for a spear, that allowed um, Ford to hit a blockbuster. Second blockbuster, if you yeah. count uh, buffs. Um, Riddle tags in. Riddle runs wild. Riddle looks great again. Suplexes and sent-ons to Jimmy and Jey Uso. Takes him out with a dive. Gives Jimmy a power slam. But Reigns has tagged in and hits him with this jumping clothesline. Oh, no, Superman punch. I think, actually, this was uh, at this point. Ford comes in to break up the cover. Takes out Jay with a dive. Jimmy takes down Ford with a suicide dive. Dawkins tackles the Usos into the sort of barricade timekeepers area. Reigns just hoys Dawkins into the steel steps. And then, as Reigns is getting back in the ring, huge pep, and he hadn't even hit it. Riddle gets Reigns in position, draping DDT, sets up with the RKO, and my word, this finish looks spectacular. Jumps for the RKO, and then it was like gravity just stopped. Because mm-hmm. he just, Reigns just went, nope, we're not doing that. And he held him there for a second, threw him off, Hit a spear. One, two, three. Roman Reigns is rolling into SummerSlam. Acknowledge the tribal chief. Acknowledge the bloodline. They're celebrating. They're walking back with all the built. And then Rollins' music hits. And I thought, oh, we're going to get a little moment. And we did. Mm-hmm. They pa- passed in the uh, in the walkway to the ring. And Rollins sees his opportunity. Stomps Riddle. And then hits him with his steel steps. Oh, no. Attacks Riddle. Hits him with the steel steps, stomps him, then sets him up on this convoluted steel step structure thing, yeah. stomps him again, and Riddle's laid out to close out the show. I love this main event. Yeah, this was um, this was another one of those Triple H tells we would hope rather than just being what was on the docket all along because the match was uh, fun as well as being functional in that kind of house show main event way. Yeah. Um, but th- there's a time and a place for that. Triple H likes that on television because it's just, it's very, very simple stuff. And he kind of likes to, he's got quite a simple story progression. But there's a lot to be said for that when Raw and SmackDown has been anything but simple yes. for so, so long. You know, that it's, it genuinely is a breath of fresh air to see a match booked like that. Conclusive finish, Riddle's going into a huge match at SummerSlam where it's going to be, he's fighting, basically, he's fighting one of the top heel gatekeepers and yet they've had the guts to beat him on Raw because A, it's Roman Reigns doing the beating, and B, they've actually got faith that he'll be fine regardless, because you can absorb losses and bounce back from them, and that's a babyface trait. Yes. That's what, like, we've kind of, like, been banging this drum why AEW's had such a successful formula with by and large delivering finishes all the time, is because it's okay to fall as long as you get back up if you're a good guy. That's the whole point of it. As uh, Riddle will on Sunday, you would assume, and it behooves the heel to take advantage and pick the bones, as Seth did here. Literally no complaints about how any of this played out, including the execution of the match itself. Not to undersell it, but it was you kind of felt like they know how to work this match in their sleep, mm-hmm. but they just worked it very well with the bright lights of Madison Square Garden on. Again, like I'm perhaps higher on this sort of thing than a lot of people would be, but then I was also higher on Triple H's NXT than a lot of people were. Mm-hmm. So uh, your mileage may vary, but there was a 
there was a there was a sign buried within here that like I'm not so sure this would have played out exactly as mm. it would have done had he not been the one with the pencil. Exciting times ahead. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWW. You actually can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWW, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, we've also got the NXT preview coming your way a little bit later on today. And uh, you can leave us a five-star review review just like Anthony Craig did. You can leave that on iTunes or on Spotify, or you can just email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. But for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.